on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm your host, Ulysses E. Campbell. As always, we'll start the show with some genre-related news. Cartoons are coming back to Saturday mornings. The MeTV Network announced that they will begin showing such animated staples as Bugs Bunny, Tom and Jerry, Popeye the Sailor, and more, starting on January 2nd, 2021. The cartoons will air in a three-hour block, beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. More information is available via the website at MeTV.com. A new trailer for a one-off Doctor Who special dropped last week. Doctor Who, Revolution of the Daleks, will air on New Year's Day 2021. And, as the title reveals, the Doctor's arch enemies are back. You can check it out via our social media on Twitter and Facebook. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. A couple of anniversaries this week as December 6th marked 29 years since the domestic theatrical opening of Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. That was back in 1991. And the date also was the 41st anniversary of the debut of Star Trek The Motion Picture in 1979. There were also several noteworthy deaths. Ben Bova passed away on November 29 at the age of 88. The six-time Hugo Award winner was author of over 120 works of science fiction and fact. Dave Prowse, the bodybuilder and actor who was best known as having played Darth Vader in the original Star Wars trilogy, died on November 28 at the age of 85. And Chuck Yeager, the test pilot who broke the sound barrier, passed away on December 7. He was 96. Today, we're talking about Star Wars, specifically The Mandalorian. And it's time to introduce the panel. Joining me are Brian Lyles, Emily Witten, and courtesy of the Great Geek Refuge, Mike Lunsford. Thanks for being here, everybody. Hello. Happy to be here. All right. Before we get going, there was one news item uh, on which I wanted to pause. Last week, Dave Prowse passed away and of yep. course Dave Prowse being the original actor who performed as Darth Vader and uh, lent his massive frame to that role of course uh, George Lucas was sneaky though he mm -hmm. used uh, several elements to create the Darth Vader character uh, many people focus on the fact that uh, the tremendous actor James Earl Jones provided the voice and that lent so much of a menacing aspect to the Darth Vader character but without the physicality of Dave Prowse that wouldn't have been possible and one of the things that I always thought was very sad was that Dave Prowse and not simply Prowse 
but uh, a number of the performers never got to show their faces. Anthony Daniels being another one, Kenny Baker also, Peter Mayhew. And I would have liked to have seen just, hey, we're going to stick you even in a background role or and it's something, but just something so that these guys could have shown their faces. But uh, but I was I was very sorry to see that uh, Dave Prowse had passed away. Yeah, same here. That would have been very cool, Yuli. Um, I was I was thinking in the in the way that he you know portrayed the body but not the voice. It was kind of akin to the animators in uh, in an animated but voice acted show. You know where mm. the um, the animators also should have some credit, but often the voice actors are the ones who are recognized, you know? So it's very, I mean, not to say that animators aren't recognized, but it does seem people will latch onto uh, some part of the character that's like uh, very distinctive, like James Earl Jones's voice in that role, and forget that there's also this super tall guy who's got the physicality that, that brings the menacing uh, movement to the role, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. A couple of years ago at AwesomeCon, uh, here in Washington, D.C., I got the opportunity to uh, to meet and to interview Dave Prowse. In fact, uh, I had uh, I had moderated a panel uh, with which uh, Dave Prowse uh, participated. And um, one of the things when we when we actually talked, because he was delivering all the dialogue. I mean, he thought for all the world that it was going to be his voice. And apparently George Lucas had told him that they were going to put it through some kind of voice synthesizer and all this. And mm-hmm. I was able to locate some footage uh, of uh, him delivering the lines. Oh, yeah. And it's the, it's the funniest thing you ever heard. Oh, my goodness. That, I was going to mention it. I Yes, I mean, obviously, RIP Dave Prowse, but his, mm. his voice coming out of the Darth Vader like uh, costume is yeah. I've seen I've seen those clips too and it's so funny just mm-hmm. because you know his his accent and his voice are so different yes. from what we what, what we know as <laughs> Darth Vader and from the the deep menacing James Earl Jones delivery um, mm-hmm. that we're all familiar with from the actual you know from watching the movies um, yeah I, I I did see those clips and they are really funny <laughs> <laughs> I would I would like to add on that. I felt that Dave Prowse, because I was with you, Yuli, when you did that interview. Yes, you and, were. You were and, my cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> Doing and, great, too, man. I, I just felt like, you know, hearing that story, knowing the fact that, like, he put in a lot of hours for three movies. And, yeah. and like you said before, it was like, you know, especially with Return of the Jedi, where that, you know, his death scene, and you get to see this old man face, you know, and knowing the fact that that's not him... It's it's kind of you know you kind of wish that you like you said wish you saw them get a chance to reveal his face and you just never did you got these like four or five different people being Darth Vader you know but really the guy who walked and did the moves and gave you that you know fist move when he says I am your father and all that stuff you know but no it's James Earl Jones' voice it's some old man who's portraying you know Luke's father it's. You know, a younger guy playing Anakin. It's 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 kind of unfortunate that he really fully did not get the full credit that he deserved being this iconic character, especially for me because everyone knows that I love Darth Vader. Oh, you love Darth Vader. <laughs> yes. You are man. You are a Sith to your heart. <laughs> yes. Oh dear. Yeah, it's, it's kind <laughs> of a shame. 
Uh, what else is interesting? I did not know, and I'm sure there are Star Wars fans out there who are. I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not like uh, up on every single thing that's ever happened in the franchise. I was looking some uh, information up because he had passed away, and I didn't realize that Lucas had banned him from events at some point. Oh so, yeah. Not only not only was he not seen, but he was like blackballed by the crea- you know one of the creators of Star Wars, and so that is that's pretty interesting, and I. I don't. I didn't get the full story from my my looking of uh, up of things. I know he like kind of maybe tries like spoiled a couple of things or accidentally you know let some things slip. But I'm not clear on exactly why he was so uh, you know banned by by Lucas. But that that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it it absolutely is. And one thing that I just want to throw in, uh, it kind of piggybacking on what Brian was saying. Um, on the one hand, you have this guy who portrays this iconic character and he's the guy the the man under the in the costume under the mask and they take his voice away they got somebody else who does the voice and then when he finally takes the helmet off they get somebody else to be the face of the guy i mean that it was just it was just so messed up Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that happened yeah. And uh, yeah, the actor who they had playing him in Return of the Jedi was named Sebastian Shaw. And uh, yeah, but I I I I share I I share your dismay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Mike, you've been awfully quiet. You got anything you want to add here? Yeah, I mean, I was just listening because I, I you guys had such an awesome experience getting to meet him and talk to him and like like Emily said it is kind of jarring hearing Prowse with his Cockney accent do the Darth Vader lines, but like a lot of a lot of it was, and I understand where people are like, oh man, he got a raw deal, but like at the same time too, like you have to understand they're looking for a certain thing and a certain look and a certain sound, and like they hired him, they hired Dave Prowse to do what he did to be big and menacing, and like he's an amazing. Like, I mean, essentially a pantomime performance. Like, he's he's being scary and you can't even see his face. And that's, that's like, ultimately very impressive. What stinks, though, is listening to, like, reading some of the stuff about him. He ended up getting hosed. Like, in his contract for Return of the Jedi, he it included a share of profits on the film. And the film made a lot of money. But he didn't receive any residuals for it at all because it was some weird distribution fees thing. And he never saw any of it. And it really stinks. But, like... What was what was great though is they never told him um, that the line was "No, I am your father." He said Obi Wan is your father when they filmed it. Oh, and he ne- he didn't know until it was released. He was like, "What? Like, why didn't you?" Because they didn't trust him because he's he had run his mouth before ah. about stuff, and they didn't trust him with the with the real line. But also too, they wanted to make sure that the only people that knew the truth were James Earl Jones and Mark Hamill. And Mark Hamill tells a really funny story about it too, where they're seeing the movie in the theater, um, and Harrison Ford turns and looks at him. He's like, "How come you didn't tell me about this kid?" Like it's, <laughs> and like Carrie Fisher is like, "Well, I get why you didn't tell me because I run my mouth to everybody." Like it was, it was, it was a really <laughs> funny story. But like they also did not trust uh, Prowse with it either. Well, and apparently uh, that was part of what led to the whole schism between uh, Lucas and Dave Prowse. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. so uh, yeah, he, he leaked it, the he leaked Vader's death basically, and yeah, yeah, Lucas was not happy about it. 
Well, I but apparently, <laughs> yeah, but apparently it wasn't totally his fault. I mean, you know, some uh, somebody, some uh, journalist reached out to him and uh, and baited him. I mean, started talking about bodybuilding, which was his passion. And then, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, gee, I hear you're getting killed off in the next Star Wars movie. You know, it kind of <laughs> slipped that in. And I'll tell you what, um, because that was absolutely I know for sure that was a hook that you can use because a buddy of mine who was into bodybuilding um, met, and this was years earlier at a Star Trek convention in New York. And, uh, you know, or well, science fiction convention, I doubt it was, I mean, you know, but it might've been Star Trek and they just had Dave Prowse there. But in any case, so my friend ran into Dave Prowse and he said everybody was talking about Darth Vader, but he started asking him about bodybuilding. And he said Prowse lit up and they had a great conversation, you know? And so I'm like, yeah, it's like if you start, if you led with that, <laughs> that was going to be like, oh, wait, you know? Because, again, that was his passion. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> as an interviewer, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was saying. I mean, because well, I mean, you're trying he, to get that scoop. Yeah, and he's not the only one. I mean, like, think about Tom Holland uh, spilling all this Marvel tea everywhere. So, you know, like, people are always, like, actors aren't perfect. They're going to do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, can only Indeed. do your best. Indeed. Yeah, but his work will live on uh, beyond him. And, of course, because uh, I'll tell you what, I, I, the first time that I saw that movie, and th th there were so many firsts for me, despite the fact that I was big science fiction fan, uh, but that character, I, and they established immediately who he was. I mean, the, when, the first time you see him, he's holding a guy up in the air by the throat and crushes his neck. You know, it's like, yeah, huh, this this is not a nice guy. You know? mm -hmm, exactly. Commander, tear the ship apart until you found those plans and bring me the passengers. I want them alive. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so his his work will live on. But yeah, which is a good segue into the primary topic of discussion for this episode, which is of course the because uh, we were talking just now about. Star Wars past and what this is about is Star Wars present the here and now which is the Mandalorian on uh... Disney Plus and I tell you what this season uh, has has absolutely well hell even the first season didn't disappoint and you just end up being so impressed by John Favreau and um, uh, was it Dave um Filoni? Filoni. Is it? Filoni. Filoni. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people saying stuff like uh, they should have let these guys do the new trilogy. <laughs> you know, it's like, but <laughs> I, 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 not, I'm not going to hop on that bandwagon. And uh, I know there's still a couple of episodes remaining. Um, but, uh, ooh, I mean, I've, I'm, I, like I said, I'm just so impressed. And I'm sort of curious what, uh, what you all have, uh, have thought about this. But Actually, before I let you say anything, let me remind everyone that you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Brian Lyles, Emily Witten, and Mike Lunsford, and we are talking about Star Wars. More specifically, 
the sensation of Disney Plus, The Mandalorian. So, actually, uh, Brian, it looks like you have something you want to say. I'm not a fan of Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Heresy! <laughs> Brian, I have something to say to you on that, or actually my friend over here does. And what my friend says is... <laughs> oh, Grogu. <laughs> because I happen to have a little baby Yoda, the child, who now is an animated version that makes little noises and quote-unquote speaks to you, and the child is not happy with you right now. Grogu, but... <laughs> or, yeah. or whatever. Grogu. You know, actually, Brian, I appreciate where you are on this, because, you know, but for you, this would absolutely be a fan love-in over <laughs> the Mandalorian. And I think it's important to have other points of view. So, please, share with us, why is it that you aren't impressed with the Mandalorian? It's, it's the timing. It's, it's to me, I, I get, you know, like I, I said this before, like, uh, when the first season came out, I really couldn't get into the episodes. It was it was like, uh, all right, where are we? When when is this? And and I was really confused. And then now, since it's you know the quote unquote got its traction, here's what you're doing now. Now you're bringing in, you know, oh let's bring in Boba Fett. Let's bring in uh, Asano. Let's bring in you know people that we can you know we know and remember and all that stuff. And it's it's now you're you're overbuilding something that where you could have made it your own but now you're just you know again creating extra filler for something that doesn't need to be filled and and i felt like and i felt that way with Rogue one i felt that way you know where it just felt like okay i wasn't really into that movie until the last five minutes when darth vader came in and sliced the <laughs> dice and that was it. I, I i just because it's like you, you want me to be fully investing in these characters, but really it's kind of like, I already know what happens to them, so what's the point of watching this? You and know? So, Sorry, I mean, ahead, mind you, if you, if, you're, if you want to be fully invested, go right ahead. If you cared about, you know, a, you know, a, a Mandalorian and a Baby Yoda, fine. That's all on you. Me, I, I just like, I ain't feeling this. I just cannot. I mean, as much as I, I like a good lightsaber fight, I like the fact they brought in Sasha Banks in in in, the, in in an episode. Hopefully, she'll be in another one. But really, I'm not diving in every week trying to watch this. I just can't. Can I ask you, Brian? Um, did you feel like this the whole time, or more in season two? I felt this in act after a few episodes of one. I was done. A few, okay. I just did not get into this. I'm, was, I'm right. interested because I, Yuli, you said it would be a love fest, but I kind of agree with Brian on some of his points. Heresy! Yeah, Heresy! yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> the thing is, I have said about other Star Wars modern things that if they could get away from just cycling back to the same stories over and over, I would be more interested. Like, I enjoyed a solo story a bit more because they didn't rehash everything we've seen before or make an analog to everything we've seen before. Granted, they went back to a character, but it was like, you know, fairly different. Um, and I, I mean, but but I, I, I think I've probably mentioned this if we've talked about it before on the show. Um, it's, you know, the, the newer stories are very cyclical to the older stories. You know, um, 
the the young protagonist is very similar to Luke. The planet she's on when we discover her, the, all the stuff that goes on, except for the fact that she has no flaws. You know, so uh, whereas Luke was made interesting by the fact that he was a whiny kid who learned how not to be a whiny kid, she doesn't really grow that much and is therefore not as interesting. And still, it's a, a kind of a cyclical, you know, storyline thing. So I understand what Brian's saying to a, to a certain extent. Now, I do enjoy the tiny baby Yoda and I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy when everyone loses it when the tiny baby Yoda who they've been adoring on starts eating uh spo- spoiler alert can I can I start uh, like uh, five uh, episodes old Emily you, that's not you, a spoiler you've seen it, yeah, eating the, little, the little lizard eggs or, or frog eggs and everyone's like but those were sentient being eggs and then the producers have to be like but they weren't fertilized and everyone gets all excited about it and I just think it's hilarious so, <laughs> but, again, but then again, it's 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 th- that's the whole thing with Star Wars now. It, it's like you're you're trying to cater to all audiences mm-hmm. to you know try to please them, and that's why I felt like to me it, it the high interpret the ending for me was it's this to have that how this thing where it feels like everyone needs to feel feel good type of moment was at re- beginning at Return of the Jedi and bringing in the Ewoks. And I was like, I don't need these fur balls. I really don't. <laughs> the Ewoks I mean, are terrifying. It, it, so. yeah, it was, I mean, as much as, as, much as like, bears, a lot of people yeah. said that, like, well, they, actually, they're cannibals. You know, they do eat people and all that stuff. But really, it's like, you didn't really see that. You just see them, you know, hold that, and all where that you, stuff. Where do you think and, those empty helmets came from, Brian? Yes, My friends refer to them as murder bears, and I love it. Yeah, they're murder but, bears. They're but little they end up having bears. a cartoon. They end up being, uh, you know, being beloved more so than, you know, R2 and C-3PO, you know, you know, during that entire run. And then you get into here, now with the new stuff, oh, it's, you know, either BB or it, now with the, you know, Gorgu and all that stuff. And, and it's like, okay, enough of these things. I just like, come on. If, if, are you going to be, you know, if Star Wars was supposed to be at least a more pre-team up thing, but now you just want to bring in everybody. I'm like, no, I don't need this. So, I, I, oh, what I love about this is Brian and I are on the same team, but he's later in his evolution than I am. <laughs> what I did, or we evolved in different directions. Yeah, I'm super, or, I'm super saying or he's earlier right or something. Because what I did is I felt all the same things that Brian feels, but then I accepted that Star Wars continuity is messed up and that they're just going to keep going back to the same well, and that I can watch it as a light adventure where the little guy is cute and it's fun to look at him being cute and then doing horrific things like eating the frog lady's unfertilized eggs and just kind of enjoy the whole thing. So it's kind of one of those sit back, eat popcorn and watch as opposed to like, I love this and I'm going to make it my life, you know. Because Brian, I have been on, I remember as you talked, being on a different podcast where I was saying, all similar things to what you were saying. I'm frustrated by the main movies in huge part. But I think with The Mandalorian, I'm just able to kind of detach from that and be like, I enjoy watching the main character be like a weirdly monosyllable, faceless, but protective, but also problematic sometimes in the way he doesn't stop the Yoda from eating eggs and whatever. Like character, and I enjoy watching the little cute guy walk around on screen and, and be a little weirdo and i'm just like in in the in the mix for that 
And also, like, nobody knows where the child came from, and is he 50 years old because he was a clone? Is he 50 years old because what? How does he age? Like, nobody understands this stuff. And you know what? With Star Wars, I got to a point where I accepted that it just doesn't matter because nobody can actually explain it all because it's not consistent. Mm. Like, that's how... So I moved past the part where Brian is to the point where I'm kind of like, eh, it's Star Wars. It's going to be like this. And I'm just going to enjoy, like, the Porgs and BB. I realized that all <laughs> the things I enjoy in the modern movies are the puppets. The rest of it's, you know, kind of background to that stuff, I guess. <laughs> okay, all right. Now, now, hold, hold, hold on just a second, because I want to give, uh, I want to give Mike a chance to say something, but I've got to ask Brian something before we get there. So now, did I understand that you said that you didn't really like Rogue One, either? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, 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 uh. Heresy! Heresy! No, I'm sorry. All right, Mike. 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 Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> But what, Mike, what this please. ended up doing was Mandalorian ended up making me really analyze the whole of Star Wars, like the, the whole franchise, all of it, because I realized that, first off, these things that we treasure as children, as teenagers, the original trilogy, none of it makes any damn sense. There's, <laughs> there's the dialogue. The dialogue is not great. There's a lot of dumb stuff that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And then let's look at the prequels, same thing. Let's look at the cartoons, same thing. Let's look at Mandalorian, same thing. Let's look at the new trilogy. The new trilogy, same thing, only worse. But like, here's what Mandalorian has done. And and here's why I love it. I have not had a single thing where I've just been like, eh, I don't like this, or oh, I wish they didn't do that. No, I'm loving every single minute of it because I've accepted what it is. Space yes! soap opera. It is, exactly. it is literally like watching um one life to live on Tatooine it's it's so it I love it it's so over dramatic it's so like you you see the thing coming you're just like oh snap there's slave one that means Boba Fett's here like I don't care could it could I sit there and pull this thing apart could I sit there and want to know every single facet every single detail every single thing about this yeah but it's fun. And that's what Star Wars has always been to me. It's been something that I can sit down and I can watch and I can enjoy. But also, too, I have a 12-year-old kid who I am getting to expose to Star Wars. I'm getting to see my wife, who does not like Star Wars, buy her own little baby Grogu and dress him up in, in clothes that she buys from Target. She buys him actual baby clothes. I know so many people who have never watched Star Wars for a minute who are watching The Mandalorian because of Baby Yoda, because of Grogu, yeah. who are... Th this, this is the, a marketing... puppets are freaking cute, and they this do a the, good job yeah. with the puppets. It is a marketing mm. plan that is just oh, like, yeah. just chef's kiss, just mwah, just like you could not have done this better as far as bringing more people into the franchise. And as a Star Wars fan, I'm never going to hate more money to a thing that I love, meaning that I'm going to get more stuff. Because ultimately, in season two, we might see Luke Skywalker show up, and that would be the dopest thing ever. That would be pretty cool. Mm, I, I have yeah. to say, too, when BB-8 right, well, came wait, around... Wait, 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 oh, wait, wait, hold, hold on. Emily, no, 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 it's okay. I get uh, real excited. That, no, no, hey, we all <laughs> do, but... but that, you know, that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break because, of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM in Arlington, Virginia. We are community radio, and we that means we're non-commercial. And, in fact, we are 
smack dab in the midst of our winter fun drive. And we want you to support community radio, community media. Visit the website at WERA.FM. Find out how you can make your tax-deductible donation today. So, um, in fact, you can even do that while we're taking the break. We're going to acknowledge some of our sponsors and underwriters. We're going to promote some of the other fine WERA programming that's coming up. We're going to tell you a little bit about the fun drive. And Emily and Mike and Brian and I will be back right after that. Don't touch that dial. And we're back here on Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. We're joined today by Emily Witten and Mike Lunsford and Brian Lyles. And just before we took the break, we were talking about The Mandalorian. And uh, apparently, uh, it wasn't the love fest that I expected it to be, but it's okay because we get a better show like that. Now, one of the things that uh, Emily, I think you had mentioned, was the derivative nature of The Force Awakens. And uh, I've, I've been kind of curious about that, but the reason that they went in that direction apparently was because as the first of this new trilogy of films, uh, there was a great deal of risk that was associated with what Disney was trying to do. And so they felt that borrowing more from the original series, and you know, in fact, you said about the, the uh, desert planet and uh, Ray being a Mary Sue and all this stuff, you know, which is mm-hmm. all absolutely true. And because all the beats from the original, they hit again. In fact, I'll tell you what, before I went into that film, uh, I said, if they're doing something like building a fleet of Death Stars, I'm going to be so disappointed. And then Starkiller Base. I was uh-huh. like, well, that's like the next best thing. And I was. I was really disappointed. And uh, see, this is this has been my issue with the modern Star Wars. Because in many cases, it's been a rehash of stuff that's already been done uh, or... In some cases, we're seeing the same characters, you know, kind of tweaked a little bit, or literally the same characters who've just gotten older, who have maybe taken a direction that viewers hadn't expected. This is one of the things that I like about The Mandalorian, actually, because even though it takes place in the same universe, we're looking at different characters, uh, some of which are like no characters that we've really seen before. Now, so you were saying something about the timeline, Brian, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, I actually found online the the official, and I'm doing the air quotes thing with my fingers, the official timeline. And so the Mandalorian is supposed to take place roughly 10 years after the events of Return of the Jedi. Okay. I honestly now, keep forgetting. I can't keep it straight. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I thought so, it was five years, but yeah. Okay, well, it, well, it, well, it could be. I mean, but it, it is it is a period of some years after Return of the Jedi, but before the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I'm not, I'm I'm not exactly clear on. I mean, I I thought it was like that the Force Awakens 
took place like 20 or 30 years after the events of Return of the Jedi. I thought that's so, what it was supposed to be, like 30 or so. literally said it like, like however many years it was from Return of the Jedi. Like how many years was it from Return mm. of the Jedi to Force Awakens is actually how long it was. That's important in terms of, uh, you know, what is what is actually going on. I'll try to expand that for you. It, I felt like the timelines should be beneficial because of the fact that, you know, when we when you did the prequels, at least we got an understanding it was like a good chunk, 30 plus years before, you know, uh, New Hope shows up. And, you, and my main focus was like, you got to see different people doing different things you didn't see you know even though obi-wan's there but he's a younger obi-wan and he and is a and he's a more significant person there when when you get into these newer ones uh the new you know, especially with the new trilogy and going into mandalorian you're you're bringing in people in a timeline that i felt like is like either mind you they should have been retired old people you know they had their kids which was you know well enough to see you know princess leia having at least a son, but sadly he, he turns, quote, yeah. quote, and, and all that stuff. And then you you want to see at least that progression of, okay, we know what happened to so-and-so. You can just kind of mention him, and that's it. But somehow, when you see it being per, you know, put out there, you really, you it was more focused on them than more so, you know, the prior generation, so to speak, and not more, more focused on the newer ones. And that's where I felt like I wasn't really into it. And when you get into the Mandalorian and if you bring in, a, you know, a Yodling, I'm like, okay. If to me, it's just like, is this the beginning of Yoda? I don't know. I'm confused. I, I just, he's like, you lost me right from the right from the get go when you just really didn't properly explain it in your own dialogue that you while you're writing this. You know, so you can try to properly explain. And you didn't put that in a crawl. So, you know, I'm definitely lost there. So. Brian, I love that you don't prevaricate when it comes to, like, you're just like, nope, I'm done now. I'm not even going to try. And, like, <laughs> I love that. You're like, nope, nah, I'm done. <laughs> but, I, you know, I think it's interesting, too. Um, I, I can't remember if it was Brian or Mike that said, like, they're trying to please everyone. Yeah. And I think I think there's a whole ball of issues that go with the current modern whatever you want to call it Star Wars universe. It's a it's a a set of issues that goes with trying to please everyone and thus often pleasing no one, trying to please everyone when some of the fandom is toxic and continuing to go back to the well and be cyclical because you're trying to please everyone and thus are afraid to just branch out entirely from the thing. Mm -hmm. Um and that's one of the main things that frustrates me about the franchise. And, like, The Mandalorian is the first thing I've actually enjoyed since, uh, it, like, fully enjoyed in the way that I described since the new stuff started coming out. Because all the other ones, despite portions of things that I liked, like the puppets, I was too frustrated <laughs> by the fact that they were not being creative when they had this whole world that could have been gone to. And um, so I, I do think, um, Yuli, it does interest me, why do I not feel quite the same frustration with The Mandalorian? And honestly, part of it just might be that I've accepted that this is Star Wars now. This is what it is, you know, which, which is what uh, Mike was saying. And, uh, but, I, but I mean, another part of it that's really interesting is the Star Wars fandom has caused some of this. Um, and that's, I know that someone's going to be mad at me for saying this. 100%, but, uh, Emily. It's true, 100%. I mean... 
there, yeah. there, there's an element of the fandom, and you know, I, I have like I've seen people that uh, have been really upset about the casting of Ahsoka on the new on the Mandalorian, okay. and I understand to a great extent they're uh, they're they're being upset that Ashley Eckstein was not given the uh, the chance to do the role because I think Ashley is great. She has inspired the fandom in great ways. She has created something that I love, which is geek uh, fashion in a way that it didn't exist before and in a way that women can be a part of. And she's a great person who has a great company and does an amazing job. And the fashion show every year that, you know, at San Diego is so fun and so cool. And she's just great. On the other hand, I'm not so wedded to the characters that I'm going to be up in arms if they decide that for a different part of the franchise, they're going to cast somebody else you know i mean i also saw there was some controversy over comments that uh rosario dawson had said which i don't know the truth of that to whatever extent it is um i have heard things saying anyway that's a different that's a different thing but i'm just talking about the general like fandom gets real upset about this or that there was that thing a while ago where all these i'm not gonna say mean things on this podcast but all these (laughs) idiots that's my that's what i'll say we're like signing some declaration that this is not our star wars it's like <laughs> i just like at that point this is this is one of the reasons like star wars was too afraid to just do their own thing whatever it might be because of this potential backlash and then the backlash happens and fandom is creating its own demise you know fandom is creating the inability for right. the creatives to move forward in different ways that the fandom might enjoy or might not, but it'd be different. Right. So I'm very frustrated with all that. that. There's a perfect example of that, and it's called The Last Jedi. Because <laughs> what ended up happening was you got Force Awakens. Everybody was like, it's too derivative. So they were like, let's bring in Ryan Johnson, who will do some creative stuff. Like it or hate it, but that La- Last Jedi was the most creative Star Wars mm. project that they've done in years. It took everything that you knew before, and Ryan Johnson was like, I'm going to do what I want, and I really don't care. It was bold. And like, and again, too, there was a, a huge fan divide. So many people got up in arms about it. And like, I personally, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was creative. But then the backlash from that caused what we got with Rise of Skywalker, which was basically just like, hey, JJ, um, take every single Star Wars thing you can think of and put it in one movie. And he was like, done. It was such a disappointment for, for, I think for every, I think everybody can, I don't think there's anybody out there who's like, I loved every single moment of all three of the new movies. Like, I don't think anybody can say that. There was so much left on the table that could have been good. But all that saying this to kind of come, kind of circle back to the Mandalorian, like it's, it's frustrating to me to watch people watch something that you're that, that's meant to be enjoyed that's, that's meant to be fun that's meant to be something you can watch with your kids that you can watch while eating popcorn that you can like you can share this thing and they're finding every single possible thing they can to be upset about oh did you see her tendrils on ahsoka they didn't look right they weren't long enough there were wrinkles yeah. in them and did you notice that this happened did you notice that this person wasn't here did you notice that like like why why does that matter to you why does the minutiae why is that so important that you have to point it out and make it so much bigger a perfect example one of the episodes it's it's actually kind of funny there's a shot where you have carl weathers pedro pascal and you have uh gina carano and they're in a firefight with stormtroopers but 
there there's an ex there's a like a, a crew person like in the background you can see a dude in jeans oh, like on I this saw that. yeah oh yeah I saw that <laughs> I, saw I that. saw that it's like it it literally is like maybe three frames and people like blew I can't believe that somebody missed this I bet you somebody got fired for this nobody got fired for that so what like who cares I it's mean just, the comparison the I saw I saw again. was like the Game of Thrones coffee yeah, exactly. cup thing and I was or the like water oh, bottle, okay yeah. people make mistakes it's funny it's funny that's what I it think is. is it's funny you know it is because and it they shows... can fix it because it's on a streaming channel and they can just re-edit it and it's there right. it's gone and and you'll never be taken out of the story again oh you know okay so that's fine yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's silly to me and it's it's silly to me to see people think that a franchise owes them something. Yes, that's the thing that kills me about the part of the fandom that I mean it's a large part of the fandom or it's different maybe people don't feel it until something hits them and then they become that part of the fandom because I know that people have done it for different reasons like oh this person didn't like this casting that person didn't like too much feminism like all there's all this stuff and it's like well if you don't like it just don't watch it be a different you know be a fan look I love Terry Pratchett I enjoy all of his books. There are some that I don't love and reread. There are others that I do. But I never was like, Terry Pratchett, you owe me. You know, you, you, I deserve a different book because it's what I want. Like, There's... okay, that person's creating that thing. That's their right. Your right is to enjoy it or not enjoy it, to buy it or not buy it. And I, you know, sure, you have a right to be a jerk on the internet about it. But do you need to? Exactly. It's, no, it's knowing there's yeah you can you but should you it's what do they say yeah. um, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit wisdom is knowing that you don't put it in a fruit salad <laughs> like it's, it's i love it's, that yeah oh. I, I love that one too but there's also another one that just absolutely nails it it's it's it always goes back and forth between star trek and star wars right and star trek fan like star wars fans would be like oh star wars star wars is such a better series and it's such better fans and the star trek comeback that always ends the argument is really because star trek fans for the most part don't hate six out of the nine movies right <laughs> oh, they call themselves fans also like, i yeah. feel like star trek fans are like there's room for everything whereas star wars fans are like no but I could be wrong about well, that. Well, well, it's getting worse. Actually, uh, yeah, actually, I think. Oh, and hold that thought because you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA ninety six point seven FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Mike Lunsford, Brian Lyles, and Emily Witten. We are talking about. Uh, well, we're talking about Star Wars. We were talking a little bit about The Mandalorian. We have mentioned uh, Return of the Jedi. We've mentioned The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. Uh, we've kind of been all over the place. But um, yes, and the fans suck, no question. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I can't argue. But, so. but many of them, many of them. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, several of our panelists have made the point about fans feeling as if the franchise owes them something. And I think that's actually something that is universal among a lot of these uh, big franchises. I, I've noticed it with uh, Star Trek also. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways, uh, fans of the Marvel films and the comic books are, are like that too. One of the things that has troubled me though for a long time about the Star Wars movies, and Emily, you mentioned this, because it's a big universe and it, 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 you should be able to be creative with this. And this is one of the things that I like about the Mandalorian because, uh, you know, where uh, some of the, uh, at least the, tr the 
uh, numbered films, uh, it seems like we kept going back to Tatooine. And even when we didn't go to Tatooine, we went to Tatooine and it was called Jackar, Jakku, whatever Light. it is. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so I was like, one of the things that I really enjoyed about The Empire Strikes Back is it was totally different from Star Wars. I mean, it was totally different from Star Wars. I mean, in some cases, the opposite. Oh, desert planet. Yeah, we're on a nice planet this time. You know, mm -hmm. oh, good guys win. Hey, good guys get the crap kicked out of them. Oh, big battle scene at the end. Guess what? Big battle scenes at the beginning, people. You know, I mean, there were there were so many things like that. And and then they moved away from that. And all of a sudden you're, you're uh, going to return to the Jedi. And it's like you were going to the well again. I mean, it seems as if with this big universe that you should be able to be creative. And and again, that's one of the things that I have liked about the Mandalorian, because you you're seeing some things that you haven't seen before and maybe some places that you haven't seen before but then interspersed with that are is stuff that you have seen before and i gotta tell you there was um, the episode we and we referenced this and oh by the way there may be spoilers or we you know because we're talking about stuff that's happened i'll grant you it's a couple of episodes ago so you should have seen grogu eating the unfertilized eggs and let me tell you something when i realized that that made a difference to me i was like oh yeah wait they were unfertilized and you know they're unfertilized because frog lady was going to see her husband so they could get the eggs fertilized now the only thing and this is an aside but the only thing that really bothered me about that was well it did bother me that grogu was eating the eggs but beyond that i was troubled by the fact that uh, mama frog did not seem to know how many eggs there were. Oh, I kept seriously? expecting her to be like, oh! wait, wait, and there the were 62 eggs here, and yeah. now there are only 60, or there are only 50. He, he, no, he ate at least four or five of those eggs. I think Mama Frog didn't care. Her little baby capsule of eggs. The Mandalorian was like, no, stop, please, don't do that, like five times. He didn't like put the Yoda or the, or the, you know, Grogu, whatever, um, or, or the eggs somewhere that would be safe. Nobody just carried them around. She had a little backpack. Well, well, th there you go. He you have me. actually. I was dying because I was like, come on, Mandalorian. He literally is like, don't do that again. And then five minutes later, baby Yoda's doing it again. He's like, don't do that again. I'm like, what is <laughs> yeah. Your Kinda. child is the worst. But, uh, Yuli, it's so funny what you said. <laughs> Because, you know, this is the problem. I'm on your team, too, Yuli. Because I was just about to say, I know I've been being pretty negative about a lot of the Star Wars stuff. Because there's a lot I feel is negative about the Star Wars no, stuff. No, look, we're, we're but, all on the same team together. Right, is essentially but what the, it the is. thing that I agree with you about is, um, is what you were saying about where they, where, they, where they do go. I was thinking, what is it that I really do enjoy about The Mandalorian other than the cuteness of the child? And, the, and the, I'm amused by his antics, but what, the two things I really do enjoy are the relationship between the Mandalorian and the child, except for where the Mandalorian didn't tell him not to eat the eggs, and the times when we do see different places and different people, and it felt fresh. The first season felt fresher. The second season is now kind of... That's why I asked Brian if it was like first season, second season, or if he had feelings about that, because the second season it feels like they're like now we've established this here's all your old friends and it's like why yeah well that's a, that's I, a really know, good point actually like i think the second season has been more 
like shocking where have reveals. you done for me lately or where have you been yeah. now and, and yeah. it's uh, and cool well, you know, we it, get it, to see fan favorites but like yeah the, i I'm sorry, Yuli, go ahead. Well, well, no, no, it's just, I mean, fan favorites that you might be taking in, in a different direction. And the other thing that I was going to say about the Mama Frog, uh, it actually, uh, Emily, you were saying it, because why, I mean, she set the eggs down in the hall and then went to the <laughs> cockpit. And it's like, wait, She's don't you want to keep that. these with you? I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, just yeah, leave them there inviting Grogu the to eat these eggs, you know? I it's like, you should like... keep these things right here with you yeah. the whole time where you can keep an eye on them. Anybody you know? who's upset that the little, the child ate the eggs should be more upset at the two adults in, or, like, uh, ostensible adults in the situation who are absolutely terrible as adult slash parent slash guardian slash monitors. Like, what are they doing? Man, like, does what? it? Am, am I the only one that doesn't? I was not phased by it in the least. Like, oh, no, I thought it was funny. Yeah, like, and, and I, I was people just getting upset the for not doing better. <laughs> well, again, you know, the fans really suck. <laughs> Part of it was, you know, okay, and then I saw somebody who had the comment. And I thought this was just, well, okay. The comment was, all right, so a puppet was eating fake eggs and you're upset. And I'm thinking, why are you even watching? And it's like, why, if you can't suspend disbelief long enough to buy into this thing, why are you even watching? Just shut up and sit down and don't say anything else yeah, about Yeah, I mean, look, there are some times when it's legitimate to get upset about things. Like, if, if, the, if the show is, like, let's say idolizing being nasty bullies to people. That's something maybe to get upset about. But if yeah. the show is showing uh, a cute little puppet who seems to get into everything and has been mischievous the whole time, doing something mischievous, just because that thing is bad doesn't mean, like, they're saying, and this is what people should do or people need to, like, super get upset about it. It's like, the Ewoks were cannibals. This is not a new thing. You know, Star Wars isn't, like, everybody's good all the time. It's That's literally true. good and evil. <laughs> What That's was true. funny, though, was the following episode, um, the universe had a way of kind of balancing itself when he was eating the, the soup on the planet and the squid jumped out of the soup and attacked his face. I was like, oh, <laughs> huh. karma, got it. Yeah. But it's well, just funny. It's just funny, that stuff, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, I, all right, so uh, we're almost out of time, but um, I, I do want to sort of quickly uh, talk about some of those things that, because, I mean, we, we went down the rabbit hole on some of this and. I, uh, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, you know, but um, you know, in terms of the stuff that I've really liked with the second season and, you know, of course, they're using the foundation of the first season. But some of the stuff that you've shown me here is really some some very cool and uh, and kind of wonderful stuff. I mean, I like the episode with um, uh, the other Mandalorians, for example, and, you know, how they're 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 like a different sect than he is because they're taking their helmets off and he's like whoa, 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 what are you doing you know it's like so that was pretty cool i liked uh how you get to see um giancarlo esposito and uh you know his moth gideon uh, yeah dude. he he really is and i loved when they brought him in at the end of season one because you know you see that all right the empire hasn't been totally wiped out there's still pockets of them and they're still dangerous and goodness only knows what they want with Grogu. But, um, and the fact that you see other, uh, well, they, they have got these actors that they're throwing in, people like Carl Weathers, you know, that you see, Ming-Na Wen <laughs> that they're going to throw in there. 
you know, they had I Michael Bean and oh, in fact, heck, they eat Ros Rosario Dawson. They even had Dan and a Santos daughter in the episode, uh, you know, and I'm like, and of course, some people are like, Dan, who look him up? You know, it's like, <laughs> look him up is all I can say. So, uh, you know, there's been there's been a lot of really cool stuff that they have done. And I, I and I love the way that they've gone about it. And I just really feel like Dave Filoni and um, uh, uh, John Favreau have really they, they've they've struck they, they've kind of hit a flavor on this thing, you know, and uh, and for the most part, I mean, is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. And Brian, it sounds like you're watching it. <laughs> it's like you <laughs> might not be crazy about it, but you're I, watching I, it. I, I'll say this. Um, I feel like the besides Mandalorian, I, I was I, I like Star Wars Rebels. I like Star Wars Resistance. I I'm looking forward to Obi Wan. I'd rather see him because I, I to me I feel like him looking over Luke in a distance will be interesting more so than having a Mandalorian babies trying to be a baby daddy to a baby Yoda. It, it's just it just doesn't. I'm not feeling that. I'd rather have some guy looking at a cross. A little too make, cute for you, huh? Yeah, too, way too cute for me. I'd rather have a guy overseeing a, a young, a younger Luke, making sure he's okay, but at the same time dealing with whatever stuff he has to deal with and just to stay alive and making sure that kid is okay until the, the time is right for him to be the new hope. That, that to me, is a more interesting story than, than this right now for me. Yeah. Oh, something else. I love how Bryce Dallas Howard has actually directed a couple of episodes. That of is very cool. Yeah, <laughs> that know, is very cool. I wanted to chime in real quick with something that I really liked from the first season, and they haven't really done it in this one. Uh, actually, no, I take that back, because I, I actually rewatched it right before we, we recorded. Um, I watched the, the episode called The Jedi, and we're starting to see other types of planets. And we talked about that before. It's like, oh, they're doing the desert planet thing again. But like in season one, it, there, I think the planet was called Navarre, where the that weird gang of um, thugs like stole an ATST, and were like using it to like harass all of the uh, locals. Like mm -hmm. that was a cool planet. It was like a weird swamp forest planet. Like we hadn't seen mm -hmm. anything like that before. Like this last one, we saw one that was like basically like a, a, a lava flow had like destroyed the entire forest. Um, on the episode where um, the most recent, I'm not going to spoil it, but basically, like it's like on a like on the side of a mountain where this old Jedi temple was. Like they're they're starting to mix up the terrain a little bit, so we're not getting the same stuff over and over again. So that's another aspect that I love about. We're seeing new planets, we're seeing new things, we're seeing like there's some variety to it. It's a little hokey because, like like they said before, it all everybody's friends, everything works together. Like, but. I'm I'm enjoying the heck out of it. It's a fun ride. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm, on, well, I'm on both teams, you guys. I'm on all teams. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are all on the same team here. Know, as far as really. as far I'm as glad. I'm concerned, I like this team. I like this team. <laughs> That's one of the reasons you keep getting invited back. You know. Oh. Hey, look, but but we are out of time for this episode. I'd like to thank my panelists and you too for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum. It's also a television show. And you can check your local listings or go to the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got interviews broken out. We've got toy and game segments. We've got discussion segments. Uh, you know, everything you need is right there. 
Also, the show re-airs right here on WERA each and every Thursday afternoon from 3 to 4. So if you miss any portion of it on Saturday, you can tune back in on Thursday and check that out. And the show is also available as a podcast through our friends at The Great Geek Refuge, available on every platform where podcasts are listened to and loved. So uh, we are going to excuse ourselves. Don't forget, we have the WERA Fund Drive that is taking place now. Tell your friends, make sure you make your tax-deductible contribution today at WERA.FM. And remember, come back again next week. Same bat time, same bat station.